Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway City Church. For more information about Gateway City, check us out online at gatewaycitychurch.co. We hope you enjoy today's message. How good was that? Yeah. I don't know about you, but I needed that this morning. I needed to know that even in the middle of the difficult things that I face, that God is with me and that what I am facing will not defeat me, it will not destroy me, but in the middle of what I'm facing, God will turn it into something good and he will bring about something great out of it and he will receive glory and I will, I will be blessed through it. Amen? Come on. I needed that this morning. Uh, are, you, are you feeling good this morning? After that, you got to be feeling somewhat good. Are you re- just glad to be at church today? Come on, that's what's up. I love it. So excited to have you guys here. Uh, before we get into the message, I want to I want to just let you guys know about a few things that we've got coming up, so that you're in the know, you're in the loop, and you don't miss out on anything. You don't miss anything. And the first thing I want to let you guys know about is on December 29th. December 29th. This is the last Sunday of the year. I just want you guys to know that we will not be hosting service that day here. So if you show up for church on that day, you're going to be alone. And, you know, and especially when you're a part of a church, that's the last thing you need to be is alone. So do not show up here on December 29th because we are not going to be hosting services. We're just giving everybody a little bit of a break. And we're going to let you just stay at home. But we want you to be, we want you to be a part of our community. And so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be hosting church at home. And so we are going to be streaming and sharing a message with you uh, from myself on December 29th at 10 a.m. We're going to share that onto our Facebook page for the church so you can be at home with your family in your pajamas, eating, drinking hot chocolate, eating breakfast. Uh, somebody on our team this morning said that they were going to be having biscuits and gravy, so maybe you want to watch the service at their house. I don't know. But, but, uh, but yeah, December 29th, we're not going to host services here. We're going to have church at home. We're going to be streaming a service online uh, for you guys on our Facebook page, and that's going to take place at 10 a.m. on December 29th. So make sure you put that in your calendars so you can watch that online. And then also next week, December 22nd, that is going to be our Christmas service. So you're gonna, we're, we're, gonna have, we're gonna have our Christmas services here. So much effort has already gone into making that an incredible experience for everybody that walks through our doors. Now everybody's been working so hard, preparing uh, so much in advance, and we're gonna be hosting our Christmas services here. Uh, and, so, and, so, and listen, and one of the things that we want you to do is one, we want you to be here, obviously, we want you to show up, but we also want you to invite somebody to attend that service with you. Because as we all know, uh, people are more open to an invitation to attend church with you uh, twice a year more than any other times of year, and that's on Easter and that's on Christmas. And so right now, go ahead and be thinking about and praying about who you can invite to church and ask God, ask God to give you opportunities and put people in your path that you can extend an invitation to. I don't care if it's somebody that you know. It doesn't matter if it's a, if it's a waiter or a waitress at a restaurant. Invite them to attend church with you. Tell them that they can sit with you, that you're going to save a seat with them because this is going to be an incredible service next Sunday, and we want you to be a part of it, and we want you to bring somebody along with you so that they can enjoy and experience that with you as well. Sound great? We do that? Awesome. Look forward to meeting all of the people that you're going to bring next week. I'm looking forward to it. But, and then also next week, we're going to be wrapping up our series that we've been in for the last few weeks called God With Us. And we've been talking about how, how God is with us in the various seasons of life that we walk through. And, you know, and, and what I've really loved about this series, I was talking about it this morning, but what I've loved about this series is this isn't necessarily a series that we're teaching in effort to just 
to teach you something that you don't know. It's, it's not, it's not, we're not giving you necessarily like practical tools to walk out. This series, truth be told, for me even, has just been just a reminder. A reminder of the fact that God is with us in the various seasons of life that I walked through. In, in, in week one, we talked about the fact that God is with us in the valleys that we walk through. And then last week we talked about the fact that God is with us in the wilderness. And we in, in the valley, valleys are different than wilderness. Yes, they both come with difficult situations and hardships and, and trials, but a valley is this is this low place between two high points. Which means that while I'm walking through the valley, I can look back to where I've been and I can look back to where God has been faithful before and I can see where I'm going. Yes, I'm walking through something difficult right now, but I but I can see where I'm going. I can see where God is taking me. And whenever, and last week when we talked about the wilderness, we talked about the fact that, that it is, it's, yes, it's some difficult season, but wilderness is often defined as this pathless multitude of mass where we don't necessarily know, what, we, don't, we don't know where we're going. And it's hard to look back and, and recognize any, any sense of faithfulness, and there's no provision, it's barren, and, 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 and it just means, like, I mean, I'm going to be here for a while, I can't really, I don't really know where to turn because there's no path to take talked about how God is with us in those seasons but what about the seasons of life that we walk through that they just come up on us like a like a freak storm they just just kind of they just kind of pop up out of nowhere and and, and they, they just kind of wreak havoc on our lives and then they move out and and we're just kind of left to kind of pick up the pieces and and deal with the aftermath a few weeks ago uh, we had a guest speaker here uh, Pastor Blake Stanley from Three Circle Church in Alabama. He's one of our overseers here at the church, and and, and I love. He talked about the talked about the joy of being a guest speaker, because being a guest speaker, you know, you can really just kind of say whatever you want. And he, this is what he said. He said, "I love being a guest speaker because I get to blow in, blow up, and then blow out, and then Pastor Will is left to deal with all the just the aftermath of what I have to say." And that's and a lot of times that's what a storm does in our life. There are seasons that we go through where, where something will blow into our lives and seemingly blow up our lives, and then it just blows out, and we're left dealing with the aftermath of it all. And a lot of times we're wondering, God, where are you in the middle of all this? Why did you allow this? Why did you cause it? Why did, why did you allow this to happen? Why am I having to deal with Where are you in all of this? We all know this storms, we give, we give storms names. I think we just give them too much credit, but we give storms names. You know, and what I've learned is that they, they, used to, they used to name storms just based on, based on the cities that they hit. Most, that they would, you know, a storm would get a name like Miami or it would get a name like Houston. And it wasn't until, let me get this right because I did research on this. Uh, but in 1954 is whenever they started actually giving, giving, uh, giving storms names. And I, in, in, in 1954, United States meteorologists started naming storms after their girlfriends or their wives. How stupid is that? Man, we've got this incredible storm coming through. It's going to be destructive. It's going to wreck our lives. Let's name it after my wife. I can see that going down in my house really, really well. Man, I'm telling you right now, I'm going through a trial. I'm going through something difficult. Man, it's going to blow up our life. I'm going to name it Suzanne. I mean, like, that right there, that's just bringing another storm on you that you really don't need. And they used to only, they, and listen, they only named it after, after women, which I, I, that's, that's not, I don't think that's fair. And so in 1979, uh, the Equal Rights Movement for Storms came through, and, and they started including men's names, 
And so I, like that, that's, you know, I mean, like, that, listen. And, and then and what, I, what I've also learned is that the most destructive storms, the most destructive storms, the, their names are retired. They don't ever use those again. I remember when I was growing up uh, living in South Carolina, Hurricane Hugo came through. Uh, demolished Myrtle Beach in Charleston, South Carolina. It's, it was terrible. I remember like so many, so many men and, and, and women from our, from my town and, and my little small town, they traveled to Charleston and they spent weeks there just helping with the cleanup and the National Guard and it was crazy. And then all like, you know, uh, Hurricane Harvey in, in, in Texas and Katrina and the devastation that it caused. And so those names have, have been retired. And I mean, I, I spent a lot of time researching this stuff this week. You should be, because I mean, like, you know, you guys know this. I only work one day a week, so it's really all I have to do is, is just look up, is look up information about this kind of stuff. But, but often, I remember this one storm that I was in. We, I, was in I was in a little small town of, of Bolivar, Missouri. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of Bolivar, Missouri. But my, the, the college that I was in, my, our football team, actually, I, listen, I don't, they, they were in a bowl game in Bolivar. And I don't, if you're playing a bowl game postseason in Bolivar, Missouri, I don't really know who wins that. I don't know. Uh, but like we, we traveled there, and I was, with, I, was a, I was a mass communication major. And so my job was to go and, and broadcast the game back to our little radio station on campus that like 12 people listened to. And, and whenever we were there, we were staying in a hotel in Boulevard, and a tornado came through the town. I mean, and it came right over the little hotel that we were staying in, and me and all my friends. I had never hugged on so many guys in my life in the corner of a hotel room, just, just begging that God would save my life and protect the hotel. And, and so we, and that was, I was just a oh, miserable storm. I wanted to give it a name. But, uh, but, but, like, but you're in the, you're like storms, they blow in, they blow up, and then they blow out, and we're left to deal with the aftermath. And it sometimes leaves us wondering, like, God, where are you in all of this? And maybe you're facing a storm today. Maybe you're, maybe you're in the middle of a storm. People have always told me it's never really been all that encouraging, but they've, 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 they've always told me that you're either about to go into a storm, you're either in the middle of a storm, or you're coming out of a storm. That's never really all that encouraging. I mean, like, either way you go, I mean, like, it's, it's some difficult times rolling around. But maybe today you are in the middle of a storm. Maybe you're coming out of one. Maybe, maybe you're starting to head into one. And maybe that storm has a name. Maybe the name of the storm that you're currently dealing with, maybe, maybe that, that storm is, maybe that's divorce. Maybe the storm that you're facing, it has a name, and the name is, is betrayal, where you've had, a, you've had a friend just turn their back on you. Maybe you're in the middle of a storm called addiction. Or maybe you're in the middle of a storm that's, that's, that's named grief or depression. And it leaves us wondering, God, where are you in all of this? And here's what I want you to understand today. I want you to understand this truth today is that we should never allow the presence of a storm to cause us to doubt the presence of God. Never allow the presence of a storm to cause you to doubt the presence of God. In Acts chapter 27 we can read about a story of, of, of the Apostle Paul and, and a ship that he is on, and, and they're in the middle of this incredible storm. Paul has always wanted to preach the gospel in Rome, and so he's, he's actually traveling to Rome, but he's not traveling to Rome on this ship as a free man. He's actually traveling to Rome as a prisoner. I'm sure Paul always wanted to preach the gospel in Rome. He, never, I probably, he probably never thought he'd do it as a prisoner. He always wanted to do it as a free man. But he's on this ship as a prisoner, and he's being, trans, he's being transported to, 
to Rome. And while they're on this ship going through, go, you know, on the sea headed to Rome, this incredible storm comes up on the ship, and it's a massive storm. Waves are crashing onto the ship. The winds are crazy. The boat is falling apart. Studies that I read, commentaries that I read, it said that they were working so hard to just keep the ship together that they would wrap the hull of the ship in ropes and chains, just hoping that they could hold the ship together. They began to panic and throw things overboard just so that they could lighten the load so the ship would stay, stay above the waves. And the crew was panicking, and they were terrified. And it's right there that we pick the story up in Acts chapter 27, verse 20. And it says, it says that whenever, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. At, like, we haven't seen the sun in days. We haven't seen stars in days. The wind is raging. Our boat is falling apart. We have no hope whatsoever. And maybe you're here today and you feel like whatever season that you're in, whatever storm that you're facing, you feel like just giving up all hope. You give up all hope. I, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to get this job. We're never going to have kids. I'm never going to get out of debt. I'm never going to graduate. And so I just feel like giving up all hope because it seems like everything is lost. And then Paul goes on to say in, uh, in verse 21, it says that after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men... You should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared, then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. And this right about now is when you want to scissor kick Paul in the throat. Paul's a spiritual man, man of God. But apparently he wasn't above, I told you so. And there is nothing worse than being in the middle of something really, really difficult. Nothing worse than being in the middle of a storm that has kind of blown in and blown up your life. And somebody says, told you so. Like, that doesn't help me. It, it, it makes me want to punch you in the face, but it doesn't help my situation. I know that I'm struggling. The last thing I need you to do is, is rub it into my face. Should have listened to me. If you'd have listened to me, you could have avoided all of this. Truth be told, this storm that you're facing is your fault. And we laugh, but the reality is, is that some of the storms that we face, we want to find blame in other people. I mean, like Christians especially. Christians love to blame the devil. The devil did it. Satan made me do it. Satan causes. He tempted me. But what if it's not Satan? What if it was just your own stupid choice? What if you're in the middle of the storm, not because Satan, not because Satan did it, but because you spent too much money? What if you're in the middle of a storm, not because, not because somebody else caused it, but because, but because you mouthed off at somebody? I remember when I was 16, one of the first times, and I say first times because it's been many times, that I've gotten pulled over by a police officer. I, I love to speed. I'm just, I'm, listen, I figure if anywhere is worth, I, th I think if you're ever going to go somewhere, it's worth getting there quick. That's, just, that's what I'm saying. And so, and so like, I remember when I was 16 years old, I, I was, I was, it was a Friday night, and I was leaving my high school. We had just gotten done playing a football game, and we won, just by the way. Um, but and I was I was on my way home and and this car behind me had its brights on, 
And, 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 and it was an old, it, this was before power windows and power mirrors and, and all that stuff. So, so I, it was just, it, they were just fixed. They were, they were where they were. And the bright lights were shining into my side mirrors and in my rear view mirror. And I couldn't see a thing. And so I was swerving a little bit on the road just because I was kind of blinded by the lights of the car behind me. And I crossed the center lane and, and just so happened that the car behind me turned on their lights and it was a police officer. And they pulled me over, and when he pulled me over, he walked up to the window, and I said, you know, and you, you, know, you practice this, what seems to be the problem officer, what seems to be the problem officer, but the moment the officer gets there and you roll down your window, it kind of comes out like, what's your beep-beep-ba-da-ba-da-ba? You know, you, you just get nervous, and you really can't get the words out, and that doesn't help your case at all. And he said, well, son, you, you know, you were driving a little erratically there, and you, were, you, were cro- you crossed over the center line, to which, to which I replied, well, if you would dim your lights, maybe I could see where I'm going and I wouldn't be swerving all over the road. He wrote me a ticket. Yeah. The storm I was facing that night was all the result of my mouth not being able to withhold the words that, that I wanted to say. And, and I learned a valuable lesson, and I'm still learning it. That not, and this is a word for all of you. Not everything that pops in your head needs to pop out your mouth. You laugh, but it's true. So maybe the storm that you're facing, maybe it's not the enemy trying to just ruin your life. Maybe it's our, maybe it's our impatience. Maybe it's our lack of self-control. And truth be told, if, if this is the case, if, if, if this situation could have been avoided had they made better decisions, had they listened to the advice of other people, I would be willing to bet that this is probably some of the reason for giving up hope. Because if, if, if I'm aware of the fact that the storm that I'm in is the result of decisions that I have made, well, then what gives me the confidence in myself to know that while I'm in the middle of the storm, my decisions will get me out. And once I get out of the storm, how do I have the confidence to know that my decisions that I make on the back half of the storm won't get me into another one? And it causes us to lose hope because it's a lot easier to believe that God will deliver us from the storm that we're facing if we didn't cause the storm. And it's a lot more difficult to, to believe and to accept that God will deliver us even if the storm we're facing is our fault. But the reality is, is that no matter what caused the storm, no matter where you may find yourself, God is with you in the middle of it all. And what about the storms that we face that aren't our fault? I'd be willing to bet that there are other people on that ship with Paul, with that crew, who wanted to listen to Paul. You know, they're going like, you know, Captain, we should probably listen to this guy. Because if you read across the story of, of Paul's life, he's been in several shipwrecks. So this guy has to, he's not a captain, but he, and I know he's a prisoner, but he's been in some of these situations before. He's survived some shipwrecks. He's been on the sea. Maybe we should listen to him. And there are some guys that are on this boat who are in the middle of a storm, and it wasn't their fault. Maybe that's the boat that you find yourself in today. You're in the middle of a difficult season of life, and it is somebody else's fault. Now, if the person, listen, and no, this can be awkward. Don't no pointing fingers. Don't elbow the person beside you. Don't make it awkward for everybody else around you. Just look straight ahead. You can deal with it when you leave. But, but how many of us are in that place? Where I'm having, to deal with, I'm having to deal with a problem. I'm having to deal with some difficulty and some hardship that I didn't cause and I'm just kind of along for the ride and I'm the one that's being left having to pick up the pieces of everything around me that's been destroyed. 
But no matter, no matter how you get into a storm, whether it's your own decisions or the decisions of other people, Paul encourages us in verses 22 and 23. He says, but now I urge you to keep your courage. I know the winds are raging. I know the waves are bad. I know the ship is falling apart around us. But keep your courage. Keep your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and to whom I serve stood beside me. Paul was saying, listen, an angel of God came to me and gave me the word of the Lord. And what Paul is trying to do here is remind the people around, around him. And I want to remind you here today that God is with you in ways that you cannot see and in ways that you cannot know. But God is wanting you to know that I am with you in the middle of whatever it is that you're facing. I'm with you. In this situation, an angel appeared and gave Paul a word from God that encouraged him to know that all will not be lost. Even though it looks bad, we can have courage because God is with us. God is for us. And he will, and listen, and even though everything around us seems to be crashing down, we won't be crushed because God is with us. And God is for us. He says, everything God, God is working on your behalf. God works outside of time. God is going ahead of you, preparing a way where you, where you never saw a way seem to even seem to be possible. God is preparing a way. God hears you. He hears your prayers. He hears the cries of his children. And he will comfort you. He will guide you. He will lead you. And he will uphold you and hold you fast with his right hand and protect you. Even when everything around you seems to be crashing down and coming around you can't allow the presence of a storm to cause you to doubt the presence of God. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul writes this. He says in verses 16 and 17, he says, everyone has deserted me. All of the people that I thought I could count on, they've left me. They've, they, 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 they're nowhere to be found. But, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. David writes in Psalm 16 verse 8, he says, I know that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right by my side. He is right by my side. You see, when it, you see, whenever your attitude will change around the situation that you're in, depending on who you have with you. I can, I can, I can stand strong and I can hold my ground in the middle of this storm because God is with me. My little girl, London, she's five. And, and sometime last year, she got to this place where she was absolutely just terrified of the wind. Yeah, I, I, it, I, it hadn't always been that way, but about a year ago or so, she just got to this place where she was terrified of the wind. We would go out, everything would be great, and if the wind would pick up, she would lose her mind screaming and squealing and going like supersonic on us and you know dogs could hear it but you know it was, it was I mean it was it was ridiculous and it made us look like terrible parents because I'm just trying I, like we're just trying to calm her down and she's just running in circles you know I don't know just, I don't know what she's trying to do she's just running in circles screaming her head off just because the wind has got me the wind is going to carry me away the wind is blowing my hair and it's messed up and I'm going to lose my headband you know just you know just worried about all these things but it was always really really funny to me to notice that that even though the situation never changed the situation would never change 
the wind would keep on blowing, but I would just bend down and pick my little girl up, and I would hold her close to me, and she would just settle down. She would just calm down as if the wind wasn't even there anymore. Even though the situation never changed, the person who was holding her gave her a different attitude about the circumstance. And whenever you lean into the truth that God is with you, no matter what you face, it doesn't matter what comes at you. It doesn't matter how it comes at you, how fiercely it comes at you. It doesn't matter which side it hits you on. You will not be shaken because God is with you. Attitude changes. It's all about who you have in the boat with you. In Luke chapter 8, we can read a story about another storm. Jesus and his disciples, they were, they were, they were getting into a boat to cross over a lake and and they got into the boat and they set sail and, and Jesus, Jesus just kind of, he, he moves into the back of the boat and just settles into the back of the ship, lays down and just starts taking a nap. Starts taking a nap and he's just going to rest. Well, as he's resting, as he's sleeping and they're crossing the lake and they're crossing the water, a massive storm comes up, wind, waves beating the boat around and the disciples who are in the boat with Jesus begin to panic and they're afraid. All, everything is going to be lost. We are going to die. They wake up Jesus and said, Master, don't you even care that we are about to die? And Jesus comes up out of his sleep, stands up, and he speaks to the wind, and he speaks to the waves, he speaks to the storm, and he just says, be still. And the wind, the waves, and the storm immediately just settled down and just calmed down. And I, I just, in my own heart, I just like to believe that it wasn't, it wasn't just the wind and the waves and the storm that, that settled that day. I'd like to believe that it was... It was also the hearts and the minds of the disciples. The Bible says that they were absolutely amazed at what they had just seen. And they looked up at Jesus and they said, Who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey his command? And it's in that moment that the disciples recognize that peace is not found in the absence of a storm. It's found in the presence of Jesus. Today, you need to know that, your, that peace is not found in the moment that the storm decides to move on. Peace is found whenever you choose to put your faith and your trust in Jesus while you are in the middle of the storm. That's where peace is found. And the angel came to Paul, gave him the word of God, and, and in verse 24, the angel told Paul, he says, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. Remember, Paul is a prisoner on this ship. Paul is a prisoner on this ship, and, and he's being taken into Rome to stand trial before Caesar. Paul always wanted to preach the gospel in Rome. I don't think he really ever knew that he was going to be doing it as a prisoner. But how great is it now that you are going to Rome, you can preach the gospel, and you, stand, you have an audience with, with Caesar. He says, you still, have to, you still have to stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. God is telling Paul, you can't go down with this boat. You still have to have an audience with Caesar. There is still a purpose for your life. There is a plan for your life. You can't, your life cannot end like this. I still have more for you to do. You have more battles to fight. You have more people to reach. You have more opportunities to serve. You still have a gospel to preach. There are people who's, who I'm going to put in your path who have not heard about the love of Jesus. You can't go down with this boat. 
I still have more for you to do. And God will use whatever it is that you learn in this storm to help other people overcome theirs. And you need to know that today, that whatever it is that you're facing, God will not waste it. I know that you would prefer that it never happened. But since it did happen, God is going to use it in ways that go beyond anything that you could imagine. God will use whatever storm that you are currently facing to help others overcome the storms that they are facing. God never wastes anything. You overcame and you navigated and overcame a a divorce. Now it's time for you to walk with somebody else through theirs. You climbed yourself out of debt. Now you need to walk alongside of other people who and teach them how you did it and hold them accountable to make sure that they do the same. You're nine months sober. You're a year sober. You're five years sober. You need to walk alongside of other people so they can reach the milestones that you have also reached. God will use it. God will use it. Verse 25, again, Paul says, so keep up your courage, men. I know it looks bad. I know when you look around, all you see is wind, all you see are waves. All you see is the ship around you falling apart. But keep up your courage. For I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. See, Paul is saying, listen, I I don't have faith in the things that I can see. Because the things that I can see are letting me down. We've wrapped the entire hull of this ship in ropes and in chains in effort to hold it together, and it is still crumbling just underneath our feet. I, I, I I can't put my faith in what I see. Instead, I'm going to put my faith in what I can't see. Hebrews 11, chapter, Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says that, that faith is the substance of things that we hope for. I'm going to put my faith, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attach my hope to faith. You see, faith is not this intangible thing. Faith is the very thing that we attach our hopes to. Faith is what gets our hope to its destination. Paul says, I can't put my faith in this ship. Instead, I'm going to put my faith in the one who commands the winds and the waves. I'm going to put my faith in, in I'm going to put my faith in the one who, whose name is above every name. I'm going to put my faith. I'm not going to put my faith in, in what I can lay my eyes on. Instead, I'm going to put my faith in the one, in the one who who holds me up. I'm going to put the, my faith in the one who can control. I see, I can't always control my situation. I can't control when the storm hits. I can't control how severely the storm will hit me. I can't control how long it's going to last. You see, you can't control. You can't control what people do. You can't control what they say. You can't control what they think. But what you can control is who you listen to. 
I know you may hear the voices around you, but you don't have to listen to them. I can't control, I can't control the storm. I can't control when it hits, how it hits, where it hits. But I can control where I choose to place my faith and in whom I place my faith. And I choose to not place my faith in what I see. I choose to place my faith in, in, in what I cannot see. I, true, I choose to place my faith and my trust in the one who, who is larger than the storm that I'm facing. I choose to place my faith in the one who is larger than the battle. And I choose to place my faith in the fact that what God says will happen. You need to know that today. That if God has spoken promise over you, if God has spoken purpose over you, the word that God speaks, it will not return void. It will not return void. Hold on to the word that he gave you. Hold on to the promise that he has spoken over you. Hold on to the purpose that you feel like God has put inside of you. It's not going to be easy to get there. But things that are worth it are rarely obtained through easy roads to travel. It requires some, it requires some work. It requires some adversity. It requires some difficulty. And you can be sure to know that, that whatever you're walking through, God will be with you. God will make you stronger. And God will use what you faced and who, and, and, and who you've become because of what you faced to speak life and to speak hope and to speak encouragement over the lives of people that you come in contact with. Psalm chapter 46, verses 1 through 3, it says that God is our shelter and our strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not be afraid even if the earth is shaken and the mountains fall into the depths, even if the seas roar and rage and the hills are shaken by violence. It doesn't matter what the economy does. It doesn't matter if this relationship is broken and it falls apart. It doesn't matter if I don't get the job or I don't get the promotion. My hope wasn't in those things anyway. My hope is in Jesus. I don't put my hope and I don't put, put my trust in the world. I put my hope and I put my trust in the one who created and made the world. So my world can come crashing down around me and I will not be crushed because my hope is not in the world. My hope is not in my situation. My hope is not in my circumstance. My hope is in Jesus. He is my sustainer, he's my provider, he's my safety, he's my strength, he's my redeemer, he's my salvation, he is my source. My strength, where does it come from? It comes from Jesus. It comes from a source that is greater than anything I could possess on my own. I will not be crushed. You can't go down with the ship. This storm is not going to sink you because there is a purpose that you have got to live out. There are more people to serve. There are more people to reach. You still have things to do. You can never allow the presence of a storm to cause you to doubt the presence of your Savior. In the presence of a storm in your life, 
peace cannot be found whenever in the absence of the storm. Peace is only found in the presence of Jesus. God is with you. God is with you. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much today. God, just for the simple truth that you're with us. God, whenever, whenever so many people leave us and so many people let us down and, and our expectations don't seem to live up to what we thought, Father, help us to know that, God, that you are with us. God, I pray that today, Father, that you would be our strength, that you would be our source, that you would be our provider. Today, I pray, Father, that you would be our salvation. God, help us to know that you are with us in the middle of, of situations that, that seemingly rob us of all hope. God, help us to know that our hope is not in our circumstance. Our hope is not in our situation. Our hope is in you. Today, as we pray, if you're here today and, and you've, never, you've never put your hope in Jesus, if you've never asked him to be your salvation, and today you want to make the decision to put your trust and your faith in Jesus, to put your trust in Jesus. The word that is often used in Scripture for the word trust, if you look back at the original language of the Bible, the word trust in the original Hebrew and Greek, it, 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 mean, it means to be able to put your full the full weight of who you are and what you're carrying onto Jesus without fear that he will fail you or without fear that you will fall. So today, I want you to know that whenever you make the decision to trust Jesus as your Savior, you can put the full weight of who you are, to put the full weight of what you're carrying on Jesus and know that he will not let you down. He will never fail you and you will not fall. And if that's you today and you want to put your hope, and you want to put your faith, and you want to put your, your trust in Jesus, with every head bowed, every eye closed, would you just simply just let me know, just by raising your hand, I just want to pray for you. Say, I need Jesus today. I want to give my life to Jesus today. Jesus, would you just save me? Would you be my hope? Would you be my strength? Would you be my redeemer? Would you be my salvation? Yeah. Heavenly Father, today we love you. Father, I thank you for every person in this room who has made the decision to put their trust in Jesus. Father, today I pray that, that you would be their source, that you would be their provider, that you would be their strength. Father, today I pray that, that you would be their hope that their hope would be in you and not in the circumstances that we are faced day in and day out. God, everything around us may come falling down, but we will stand strong and we will stand tall because of the hope that we have in you. Father, we love you today and we thank you for every person who has placed their trust and placed their faith in you. We pray all of these things in the strong name of Jesus and everybody in the room said, Amen, amen. Can we put our hands together for everybody that made a decision to follow Jesus today, to put their hope and their trust in him? Amen, amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. 
To stay in the know with Gateway City Church, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you'd like to support this ministry financially, visit us online at gatewaycitychurch.co to select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for listening to this week's message.